You know what really bums me out? That there is a ton of customization available for brides and bridesmaids for their wedding attire. But when it comes to us guys, it seems like we've got way less options. That's why we love the Naughty Tie Company. Not naughty as in naughty, but naughty as in, you know, tying the knot. Yeah. Anyway, the Naughty Tie Company has ties, bow ties, and pocket squares that are totally customizable. You can match colors or patterns to things like bridesmaids dresses, flowers, your table linens, or really whatever you'd like. And everything is printed and sewn right in Denver, Colorado, which is nowhere near us here in Philly, but that's not the point. So if you go to NaughtyTie.com slash ring, they are going to hook you up with free design service from one of their amazing designers. That's easily like $20 you're going to save just for being a Put a Ring on a Podcast listener. That's K-N-O-T-T-Y-T-I-E dot com slash R-I-N-G. Welcome to the Put A Ring On It podcast, a podcast for anyone who's utterly lost and insanely overwhelmed. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner and, yes, Harry Potter fanatic. And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer and taller than average dude. Let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 30. Aww. Three zero. Our, our podcast is in its thirties now. It's That's like adorable. a total adult now. Yeah, it's it like is. it's it's got a house. It's obviously engaged. So, it's, well, I, but it's all downhill from here because like twenty one is the fun birthday. Twenty five, you get to rent a car. What's thirty? Thirty is also fun, Dan. Well, thirty is fun. My thirtieth birthday was really fun. Thirty one, not so fun. I agree. I agree with you there. We turned thirty two this year. We both do. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I'm excited. I like that. I'm cool with that. Yeah. So, so Dan, I have a question for you. Yeah, hit me. What did you do this weekend? I had this really amazing wedding up in the Poconos. That Woo-hoo. was really fun. And we got to work together. So I guess <clears throat> I guess when this episode is actually airing, it's going to be two weekends ago. Yep. yep. But earlier... This month, Dan and I got to work together, you guys, and um, we basically got to work for this bomb.com couple mm-hmm. in a bomb diggity place <clears throat> with families that were, I, I'm out of bomb references, but <laughs> pretty bomb awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. And actually, they found us through the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in such an incredible weekend, not only because we got to work together, but just the whole vibe was just awesome. The parents were great. Um, The couple was amazing. It was a beautiful weekend. I mean, the weather, it was an outdoor outdoor wedding. um, So that makes pictures really fun. And the sky was just like that, almost like computer generated, like blue with like the perfect little puffy clouds. It was just it was just a really lovely weekend. Um, Mostly, let's be honest, because we got to work together. It was fun. Dream team. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah, they these um these two people that got married are just like Dan said. They're super sweet. Everybody came together. Um, where they got married is a very like campground location. Mm-hmm. Not campground is in like um tents and motorhomes, but like all camps, like these beautiful homes and with like a million bedrooms. And it's just it's such a fun place. Everybody gets together, and it's not just one day of celebrating. It's it's really drawn out throughout the weekend. Like there was yep. a kickball game like, oh before gosh. the ceremony. 
which was awesome. So yeah. we have we very, had a lot of fun. It has a very like community, small, uh, small community feel to it where everybody knows everybody. Everybody waves everybody. Everybody says hi. Everybody stops by, um, you know, and it's just it's really sweet. Um, yeah. So enough gushing, I guess, about that, because everybody's probably like, OK, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, I, I want to, um, before we really jump into the topic of today's episode, I want to, uh, I, I have a vent that Ooh. I'm bringing this week. You're stealing my thunder. I am. And I don't want this to come across as very negative. So I have to make this very constructive. So what I am finding is um, when I work with couples, I have a very limited number of people that I'm working with at any given time, unlike some other facets of the industry like florists or bakers who are working with many, many more couples um, on on any given weekend and throughout a, a season and whatnot. So what I'm seeing from some couples who are planning their wedding is that they are reaching out to their vendors, um, whether it's to ask a question or check in on something or do whatever. And they're starting a new email thread when they email their vendor and they are sort of asking a question and just signing it with their first name. So they're saying like, hey, Dan, um, question for you. What time do you think we should do our first looks from Mel? And suddenly you as a photographer, Dan, gets it and you're like, okay, Mel. Who's Mel? <laughs> there's no last name. There's no mention of like a wedding date in the email or in the subject line. There's no mention of like the fiance's name. There's no mention of anything. And from a wedding professional's perspective, unless you're working with someone who is working with a very limited number of clients and is going to instantly recognize your email, especially if your email is like melb16 at gmail.com, like <laughs> it, it's, it makes it really tough. So what I am asking of all of you wonderful couples who are working on planning your wedding is as you're emailing all of your vendors, venues, whatever it is, please make sure to include your names and your wedding date at the very least in every single email that you send. Now, I'm not saying like once you send an email and they reply and then you reply back. Obviously, you don't have to do that. But when you're starting a new email thread and there's nothing that they could like scroll down and reference back to, mm -hmm. make sure you're including those things because it honestly will save a lot of time. You're going to get a question back a lot quicker because they're going, oh, yep, I know exactly who that is. Let me check yep. their file, whatever it is, and they're getting back to you. So just keep Keep that in mind. I know it's 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 in your world. You are kind of probably the only one planning a wedding. Therefore, it's obvious who that email is coming from. But in our world, we have couples emailing us 24-7 all day long. So just taking that little extra step on your part is super appreciative on the other side of things. Yeah. I mean, I know all my couples by first name. So like, it's not a huge deal for me, but I do have many Katie's, many Mike's, many this and many that. But I think one of the things that it would really help me with is later on before the wedding, I like to go back and review all our correspondence just just to refresh. You know, like I take notes during every phone call and, um, you know, anything that's really important, I'll copy and put into, you know, like a digital folder underneath my, you know, that couple specific wedding details or wedding notes. Um, but this is a really nice way, a really organized way of going back and saying like, okay, here's this information. Uh, I can I can search for it. Uh, it's specifically related to a wedding date. It's just uh, it's almost like a metadata tag that I can search for in my email. Um, so again, like you know, I don't work with a million couples. I know all my couples, but just for this, the sake of organization, it's really nice to be able to go back and go right to you know an email and knew exactly what was in the email and be able to refresh right before the wedding. 
Exactly. And, you know, subject lines are good. Do you prefer that couples sort of send you, like, if they're talking about first looks, then they send you an email with the subject line first looks? Or do you prefer to all stay in sort of one email thread while working together? I know that's no. more of like maybe a personal preference, but. Yeah, I think it's a personal preference. I Like, I'll have many email threads throughout. Um, but you're saying that's okay. Like, you don't yeah, mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't mind new. Uh, several different subject lines, several different email threads. Um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I, that's, I work the same way. I love when, you know, if, um, a couple sends me a question about transportation, they'll, you know, they put that right in the subject line. And then if I have to go back and be like, okay, what did we sort of tentatively talk about? So I can finalize it with the, with the mm. transportation company. It's a super easy reference though. It's that's on me to stay organized, not on, you know, our couples to do that. But moral of the story is really include that information in in all those like new emails that you're sending because it it becomes so helpful especially for those vendors that you're working with that are dealing with you know a good handful of of different couples getting married um that are that are emailing them so yeah and you know i think it goes without saying if you're reaching out to somebody for the very first time push your full name and your wedding date in the email too. Cause I've definitely yes. gotten a few of those recently where, um, you know, the wedding date wasn't included or, um, you know, full name wasn't there. Um, and include your fiance's name too. That's always mm-hmm. a nice thing. Yep. I was so, going to yeah. do is save you a step. Cause I guarantee Ta-da. you, if you don't include that information, you're going to get an email back saying, great. What's, when's your wedding date? And what's, <laughs> you know, tell, tell me have, more. So have you picked a date yet? Right, exactly. And even if so, if you that's a good point. If you haven't picked a date yet, and you're emailing out to these these vendors that you want to work with, you just put that in there. Like we've yet to determine a date, whatever it is. That way they know, and it's all good. Cool. All right. Um, yeah, that was good. Okay, vent over. Feeling good. And rant. Yes. And vent. That okay, wasn't really so. rant. This is just more like a, a hashtag Tip Tuesday. Tip Tuesday. Tuesday except, tip. Tuesday tip 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 Tuesday. It's. Wednesday, though. Yeah, today's Oh, right, Wednesday, but it comes Dan. out on Tuesday. Got it. Right. Yep. We are in the past. <laughs> wow, some kind of like existential crisis. Or um, the anyway, let us continue. Anyway, we are talking about lengths of engagement, engagement oh. lengths. How long you're engaged for in today's yeah. episode? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, when you get engaged and then when you set your date how far mm-hmm. is that is it six months is it 18 months is it two years it's whatever two it is yeah two months yeah two weeks so we we sort of uh want to talk about this just from a standpoint of like pros and cons of each there is absolutely no right or wrong answer i think if you've been listening to this podcast for any period of time you'll know that we always go back to like do what feels right to you um mm-hmm. but there are certain like pros and cons to doing each different thing that we thought would make a really fun episode yeah yeah so let's talk about a long engagement first and i feel like yeah that i'm an expert in the long engagement because rachel and i had a 26 month engagement that is for if you're doing math out there that's two years and two months see what i did there um we we it just happened that way because we got engaged in April and then we said, well, this year is too short uh, to do something in like the fall. We didn't really want a fall wedding. We wanted a, uh, a summer wedding. And then just the way things started falling, um, it it was impossible for us to end up doing something the following year. And then we decided we were going to uh, buy a house. So that pushed it back even further. Um, and it just ended up being that long for that reason. So it sort of came down to you wanted it within you wanted it in a certain season. Yeah. 
so that that helped to dictate when obviously it can happen from there and you also had like life events that were happening within there and you didn't want all of all life events to sort of be piling one on top of the other and, and sort of coming to fruition all at the same time yeah that was to clarify we got uh engaged in april of 2012 and then what we were thinking the following June would be great, but we were already thinking about buying a house at that point. So then we said that would that for us that was going to be too much because we really wanted these to spread some of these things out. And uh, spreading it out allow us to save a little more money for the things that not save money on the things, but save money for the 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 experiences that we wanted our guests to have. So the following year, we bought a house in July. And then the year after that, we got married. Um, mm -hmm. So it all was kind of spread out. But that's just how it, it kind of lined up just because it, it all fell um, into place that way. So it would give us the most time to have the most exciting things to have all the life events pass and focus on each one of the things at a time. Yes, I like that. Um, you don't have to answer this question, I guess. But had you started like had you and or Rachel started saving any money to put towards the wedding before you got engaged? Um, yes. Uh, and that was the other thing. It's like, you know, we knew we were going to buy a house. So we said, all right, it's house or wedding. And oh. we we really didn't want to make that choice because, you know, as you know, we love hosting a good party. We love having lots of people in. So if we chose the house, that means that we would probably have to skimp on the wedding. If we, you know, chose the wedding, we got to like, skimp on the house so this allowed us to do both okay so going back and looking at it do you think did you enjoy having that like two year two plus year engagement or if you could like go back and plan another wedding again do you still think you would give yourself that same two years i don't know if if it would have made a difference um I don't know if it like if it would have been six months. I feel like the excitement still would have built um, if it since it was two years. The excitement still built and like it was still incredible. Like the day was still awesome. Um, maybe I had more time to think about like specific events on the day, like when Rachel was going to walk down the aisle. I mean, that was two years of like building up that moment in my mind. But I still think it would have been just as powerful if it was three months. Um, right. Yeah, I think it. I think it would have been amazing either way. And I don't think I, I would have lost personally. I don't think I would have lost anything um, if it was shorter. But then again, if all things considered, um, that would have to be like if there was no decision between house and wedding. Right. Well, that makes sense, though. Yeah. I think what what I found, I've worked with couples who have two plus years before their wedding. I've worked with couples who have eight weeks before their wedding when they officially really start planning into things. Um, what I found it, the main difference being is when you have a lot of time, you are sort of making, and feel free to disagree with this, Dan, because you, you have um, a bit more firsthand experience from a, the couple's perspective, but mm -hmm. you have a lot of big decisions that you're making in the beginning. You're picking your venue, you're picking your date, you're picking your like key components, caterer, photographer, entertainment, yep. things like that. And then, you know, maybe a few months go by and then you start thinking about things like flowers and cake and maybe invitations, stationery. And then as you get closer to the wedding, like when you sort of reach this like six to eight month mark before the wedding where there's not too much going on and then like three to four months hits and suddenly it's like, oh, we have to send out invitations. We've got to start managing our RSVPs. We have to start really like 
finalizing a whole yeah. lot of decisions. And I think you're still making all the decisions, whether you have a long engagement or a short engagement. It's just how much time is passing in between making each decision. Is it a few days, a few weeks, a few months, a few hours in between making each decision that you need to make for your wedding? I think our decision-making process was still very quick. Um, Like we, or not quick, um, just like we knew what we wanted. So when we found it, we made the decision. Um, And I think you can, I think you can drag a decision out whether or not you have 24 months or three months and you can make a a decision that feels good in three months or 24 months. Um, The one thing I would say that I thought was a benefit uh, was that, we made the decision and we moved on, but it did give us a lot of time to really focus on what was important. Um, and that was our guest experience and that was us just enjoying ourselves. You know, so throughout the entire process, we would talk about like what we wanted our guests to experience, what we were hoping for the day. And that that got to happen for two whole entire years. And so we got to refine some of the the things that we really wanted and refine our vision for our wedding day because we had so much time to think about it. But we didn't dwell on anything. We we just made the decision, moved on, and then allowed ourselves to just get wrapped up in the excitement and having all those people there. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I think, though, knowing what I know about you, um, I think you more than Rachel, though, you're a person who you sort of make decisions and then you move on. You, you're not really by nature an overthinker. I think Rachel might be a little bit more, have a little oh, yeah. bit more of that tendency than you, but perhaps together as like a partnership, you sort of like, you oh, sort yeah. of, yeah, drive that. <laughs> Very much. That decision-making train. So I think... Um, with that said, though, if you like I could very much imagine being the type of person because I'm an overthinker that that would put me in a position where I would make a decision. And then because I knew I had time to change my mind, would I be changing my mind a whole lot? And then mm. am I then overthinking it? Is that like too much time to stew over a decision? Whereas if you have a very short engagement, you have a much harder deadline of like, well, in a week, I need to decide this. So let's talk through it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, um, I, I think, think it I depends guess, on your personality in that case. What it does what's the like better angle. It does. And definitely what your focus is on, because, um, again, for us, it was all about friends and family having a great decision. So it was like, all right, here's our mission statement. We're going to hold everything up to that mission statement. That's it. If the decision meant that we our guests were going to have a better time, that they were going to enjoy themselves more, that they were going to be able to relax, that they were going to be able to dance longer, um, sit out and look at a good view longer, um, that was what we held up in our minds. So things, certain things ended up not being as important, and so we pushed those off. Um, certain things like uh, – trying to think of a decision that did take us a while <laughs> you know it took us a while the seating chart because we wanted everybody to be able to sit and like you know talk with as many people that they knew and then our drink our our signature drink took us a while <laughs> the blue drink yep yeah it was like lemonade vodka and blue cur- curacao curacao Something like that. Anyway. Force um, majeure. Force majeure. Um, but yes. yeah, I, we just moved on. And like I said, as long as it was um, a decision that moved towards a better guest experience, we stuck with it. 
Right. And I think that goes a lot into, which is a whole other episode, um, yeah. about when you're making decisions, where those decisions come from, to really keep yourself, I don't want to say grounded, but to keep your to keep your priorities in check and focus, because there's a lot of really shiny, pretty objects that are distracting in the wedding industry that yeah. everyone's going to be waving in front of you. And it's, it's hard sometimes to say no, because they all come with this notion of like, well, you know, it's it's your one and only wedding day. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to regret it. Don't get terrifying. it wrong. Exactly. And I think if you always go back to, like Dan said, the um, the notion of like, does it match up to that that mission statement, like your mission statement? It doesn't have to be the same as Dan Dan and and his wife's. It just has to be something that matters to you um, and your partner. Um, That that's that's really a great way to go about the decision making process. That said, though, there are certain I would say just 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 black and white benefits of having this longer engagement like your your vendors if you have a specific vendor you want to work with chances are the longer out your wedding is the less higher a lower chance that they are already booked right yeah oh yeah so that was that was a big part of the two-year engagement is like when we got engaged we started looking right away um rachel got her dress right away we started looking at venues right away um we chatted with the photographer we chatted with the dj and you know we booked all those things um 20 months out 24 mm-hmm. months out uh and so we really had the a choice of the lot because you know not too many people were looking too far or two years in advance you know right, right. um did you run into any vendors who said it's too early we can't book you yet no um good yeah, we didn't. Uh, but I, I totally get that. Like, I get... Actually, no, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> I, I get it to a certain extent. I think sometimes it's good to... Like, with something like florists or something that involves design, a lot can change in two years between climate trends, all these different things. So sometimes it's good to just sort of nail down who you're going to be working with because you love their work, you love their style, you love their personality, whatever it is. Um, But definitely, I would say, wait to talk about like fine details of what it is if you're two years out. Like just thinking like big picture stuff. Like we need a bouquet, eight bridesmaids bouquets, you know, seven centerpieces, whatever it is. Um, But then I think it's best to start narrowing down the details when you're obviously much closer. Same thing with like attire, um, what you're going to be wearing. There is a lot that changes in, in any fashion world in my very limited project runway knowledge of things. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, you know, as Heidi Klum says, one day you're in and the next you out. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I love project runway. Um, but. That said, the buying a wedding dress is also a very long process in yeah. when you go try it on, at least in a like traditional bridal shop setting where you go and you try it on and you know it has to get ordered and then months later it comes in and then you need alterations and another try on and then more alterations. So that in itself is a long process. Um, so you have to give yourself enough time, but then there's also the there there is also such a thing as too much time for some things. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, one, you know what? Another benefit, though, was um, that we got to get our save the dates out pretty early, um, ah. which is good for people who have, like my wife, who have big families and who there were other people around the same time who were also getting married, um, that we got to kind of like get the dates out there quicker, <laughs> uh, get people to commit to our wedding more quick. <laughs> <laughs> called it our date called it can't have yep. it ours can't nope you you have to do it two months from then 
we have a no no wedding zone Window. two months before and after. That would have been like a fun little asterisk on the on the save the date by agreeing to come to our wedding. You, <laughs> you agree. <can't. laughs> you can't go to a wedding two months before or two months after. We want all the wedding excitement yes. for our wedding. All the wedding juju. That would be really funny if somebody did put that on their save the dates. Yeah. Well, perfect example. I had um, I have two beautiful, wonderful, amazing cousins, and one got married last year, and the other one is getting married this upcoming summer. And the for the person who got married last year, she sent out the save the dates, and by that point, I had already booked a wedding for that weekend, so I wasn't able to go to her wedding. Um, though I did hear it was beautiful, and she was beyond gorgeous um but her sister getting married uh this upcoming summer got her save the date out sooner and i still wasn't booked so i was able to come because i just had enough notice to block off the weekend and um and yeah so it's a good thing obviously not many people probably in your family are wedding planners that you have to like work around their schedule i'm just saying you have um the more time you give people the more of a heads up you give people about when your date when your wedding date is the higher the chances they're going to come. That said, if you don't really want a lot of people to go to your wedding, maybe you should do a destination wedding. Listen to the last episode, episode 29. (laughs) Well, I think that, so there's obviously benefits and (laughs) benefits and cons. There's obviously pros and cons of a long engagement, but what are some of short engagements then? Like, um, what would you say? Well, I guess what would we define a short engagement as? I guess in my head, it's like six less months or less. Than, yeah, less than six yeah. months. So, and, and not to say is that's like <gasps> a super short engagement. I would just say there's a big difference between being engaged for six months and planning a wedding or less than mm-hmm. than than a year plus. Yeah. Is that safe to say? Yeah, that makes sense. So... I'm actually working with a client right now who's getting married very, very soon. And they started planning their wedding eight weeks ago. And when I say very, very soon, they're getting married this weekend. So they gave themselves um, a little over two months to plan an entire wedding start to finish. And they're basically superhuman rock stars because they also decided to buy a house and move in the <laughs> same two month period, which I just, I, I am in awe of their, like just how wonderful they are. And I guess it means I'm doing a good job on my end that they were able to sort of put all the planning, uh, decisions and they knew that I had their back while they were taking care of stuff so they could focus on still planning their wedding and taking care of all that stuff but they weren't necessarily worrying as much about the like nitty-gritty details that I've been focusing on um but it's definitely um it's definitely been a different experience for them than it has for some of my other couples who have spent a year plus planning and making decisions and doing all that like for example this week like i said they're getting married this upcoming weekend and they are still making decisions as uh, as planned and on schedule but they're still making decisions about what song they want to cut their cake to what song they want to be introduced to they're still thinking about like who do we really want in those family pictures they're still making all those decisions because this is a decision normally they would be making maybe three four weeks ago but because three four weeks ago they were still deciding on flowers and doing all that because you know there was a lot that they had to squeeze into that eight week timeline of of planning and and to do's um they're definitely spending this week still relaxing and enjoying themselves but still making a lot of decisions in terms of of finalizing everything and honestly they're they're doing a wonderful job and they're knocking it out um but i would say it's been a very busy 
eight weeks for them. Whereas if they started planning a year ago, obviously they they wouldn't have had to fit all these to-dos into the same time frame. That said, for them, it's perfect. They are loving it. They're having a blast. They're literally making decision after decision after decision. It's like lightning round of yeah. of just like questions and answers back and forth every day. And, and they're they're doing great with it. You know, I keep thinking like for me, a short engagement, I don't I don't think it would work. Um but I'm just one for kind you, of, you're saying, not, yeah, for, for not just for me, just, yeah, right. specifically for me. Um, but I could totally see like the appeal of like, just make the decision move on. And then you get the payoff really soon. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have a few couples on the complete opposite end of the spectrum who are at like three years, four years engagement and it's things are getting a little bit lackluster. So like some of the excitement is gone. Um, so it is it w- it also would be really nice six months or less to just make the decision. You have this thing to look forward to. It's not super far away, but it's like it's here, like it's palpable, and you can still get everything done. Yes. You know, like I, I I do I definitely can see the the appeal to that, and then being able to just to move on after that. Like you know, like why does a wedding necessarily always have to take up you know two years? Um, if go ahead. I was just going to say, when you're planning a wedding, it kind of has a tendency to eat up a lot of take your o- oh, yeah. your life. It, it'll it'll take over a little bit. Obviously, it only takes over as much as you allow it, but it's a big project, a large event that you're planning together with your partner, with your family. So it's yeah. what a lot of things are talking about. So if you are spreading it over a smaller period of time, that's sort of less time for that wedding to take over your personal mm-hmm. life. Not that I don't mean that in a, like, a negative way, but no. it's just a fact. Yeah. That it just it does it like uh, it takes over every thought, every part of your being for a while. Um, and, you know, I, I I think there's like a sweet spot, you know, like me. And I think that sweet spot, you have to find that for yourself. Uh, the last thing I would want and I've had couples say this to me. Um, like right before their wedding, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's almost here. You're two weeks away. What do you think? Are you pumped? And they're like, we just can't wait for it to be over. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, oh, bummer, you know, like this is such an exciting time. And like, you know, they're just like they don't really mean that. But the the process has been so heavy, so much um, in such a whatever that a period of time is um, that it, it it's taken over in like a not fun way. The process hasn't been fun anymore. Let's um I want to I want to go off topic a little bit here Dan cuz I think this okay. is this is an important thing to talk about. Yeah. Um what you're saying is is something that that I hear and it's honestly it's heartbreaking because a, a yeah. wedding is like is so much about love and excitement and joy and yeah. celebration that at the on the other side of things, it's also a very large scale event that you're planning even if you only have 50 people coming 50 Planning a 50-person party is no joke. It's it's yeah. still a lot of work, and it's still a big deal. And I think I think it's sort of up to you as a couple to keep reminding yourself of that, of that focus and remind yourself of why you're doing it because it's going to get stressful, and you're going oh, yeah. to have that. But if you let it get to a point where you're just like, I just want it to be over with already, like really think about that. Like you've you've waited how long in your life for this moment and you've waited how long since you started dating this person you realize like this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with like listen to what you're saying and even from um from an outsider's perspective when I hear 
um, one of the person, one of the the couples in the relationship say that, how does that make that other person feel? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I get your stress and it's, it's 100% okay to express how you're feeling and do whatever oh, yeah. it is, but maybe find a way to say like, instead of saying, I just can't wait for it to be over, just say like, I am feeling really stressed <laughs> and I'm looking <laughs> forward to like dancing the night away and like having great food or listening to that awesome band we hired, whatever it is. But I also think it's really important to to remember that like you're putting a lot of time and a lot of money into this process. And while it can be overwhelming, um, try really, really hard. And I say that from, I'm a person who um, I am always, I am always looking to what's next. Like I will be so excited for Christmas Eve. And then when Christmas Eve is happening, I'm so excited for Christmas day. And then Christmas day is happening. I'm so excited for the day after Christmas. So like things just sort of relax instead of just being excited that that thing I've been so looking forward to and excited for is happening at that very moment, you know, Being in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, right. what, why is it that like we get stressed and overwhelmed with wedding planning? Why is that? Because it's the minutia of of the process that ends up weighing you down. And I think, again, you, you said it before, it goes back to like, what does this day about? It's about joy. You know, it's about laughter and tears and love and emotion and all of your friends and family coming together under one roof for a happy reason. That is the goal. Mm -hmm. And if you are not a person who wants to be thinking about oh, how many tables do we need to tell the caterer and how many linens and how many forks and all this stuff, that is a, a perfect sign that and this I don't mean this to come off as a plug but that's a perfect sign that you need to hire either a day of coordinator or a wedding yep. planner who's going to take that load off of your shoulders trust yeah. me when I say it's it's worth their weight in gold when they are yep. taking care of all of those little nitty-gritty details especially a great one don't hire a bad one because I don't even want to talk about it but when you hire when you hire someone great they are able to take all of those things off of your shoulders it's what they are trained and what they are experienced in doing so that you don't have to think about all the things that you don't know you need to be thinking about. They will guide yeah. you through it and they'll make sure that you're, you're, you're just rocking and rolling throughout the whole process. There's still things you have to make decisions on, but it, it just makes it a lot easier of an experience in my opinion. Yeah. I guess if there's a trend running through them, like you can have a, you can have all the time in the world. And if, if decisions are overwhelming you, uh, or you could have the shortest time in the world, and if decisions are overwhelming you, they're both going to be overwhelming. Um, so I guess, again, it just comes back to focusing on what this day is really about um, and making decisions to make that happen, whether that's hiring a coordinator to take some of the stress off your back, whether that's um, you know, foregoing some of the details or the minutia or the DIYing that like you know every bridal blog wants you to do um, – or hire, you know, hire the professional to do what they do best. However, this you can get this to come to fruition in the least stressful way possible. Just do mm -hmm. it. And whether that's over a two year period or a six month period, you can get stressed both ways or you can have an awesome wedding both ways. Right. And honestly, like if if it means that you don't have centerpieces because you are going to DIY your centerpieces and now you don't have centerpieces. Don't worry about it. Yep. Nobody do not cares. worry about it. Nobody cares. And if they do care, they're there for the wrong reason. You know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, I think, I guess we have to say that the moral of this episode is, like Dan said, it, it comes down to knowing yourself, knowing your personalities, and doing what's best for you and for your the start of your marriage.
Yeah, absolutely. I think if I can give any bit of advice, especially to my fellow type A souls out there in the universe, <laughs> but even, even, even not, um, I don't know how anybody gets anything done without making a list. And I would 100% say when you are planning a wedding, make a list, whether it's yep. electronically, on paper, there's tools out there. There's things like uh, I use an app called Todoist, and I'll put a, a link to all these. There's an app called Asana. There's Evernote. There's all kinds of things that you can use that you can share with your partner, with your mom, with whoever's planning, and everybody can collaborate together. Yep. And if you're new to the podcast, head over to our website, put your name and email address, and sign up for our um, newsletter. And by getting that newsletter, you actually got some access to a huge planning resource that goes month by white month. What is it, Danielle? Month by month for the first mm -hmm. 12 months. What is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it goes month by month, and then it breaks down to the last four weeks before the wedding. But yeah. if you're planning a short engagement, you just need to look at all of those tasks and adjust adjust the due date. Yep. But That's it. the order of what you need to do things still still spot on. Yeah. And Danielle put that together. And if you know anything about Danielle, you'll know that that checklist is perfection. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot of years of per, of of pulling things together and knowing what needs to be on there, knowing what doesn't need to be on there. And um yeah, I'm I'm proud of that list. I appreciate you saying that. But we, like I said, that's that list we put together for you guys. Subscribe to that to to the newsletter. You get like you don't get anything weird. You just get updates when we post new episodes. Like yeah. we don't send you. We should send them though, like really good like YouTube wedding fail videos or like <laughs> just even good like cat gifs. Oh, Dan, is it gifs or gifs? I think it's gifs. Really. Oh, I like you a little bit less now. It's GIFs. Just so you That's know, right. it's GIFs. It's That's GIFs. Okay. Everyone, it's GIFs. I don't know if I'm right. That's okay. Did you yeah. finish your thought about uh, lists? I mostly finished my thought, guys. But I, I think, like I said, make a list. Add due dates to the list. Um, you know, give yourself deadlines so you, you stay on top of things because otherwise it will pile up and become insanely and overwhelming. Check it. Yes. Don't make the list and then forget about it. Use it every day or mm -hmm. weekly. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. Make um, a day like maybe Tuesday, maybe or Wednesday. Like maybe Wednesday is Wedding Wednesday, and that's when we we review and we go through things and cross it off. There is so much psychological oh, evidence, yeah. whatever, that talks about when you cross things off a list, just the like energy boost it gives you and the like the fuel to like move on to the next thing. It's a great. Yep thing i love adding things to a list that i've already finished just so i can cross them off oh 100 i do that all the time you know i i want to go back though for a really quick second before we wrap up this episode mm -hmm. um to what you said about like knowing yourself knowing your personality um i just want to say like you want your engagement to be enjoyable and if that means it has to be two years awesome if that means it has to be three months go for it whatever that looks to you just find ways to just enjoy the time with your partner. Enjoy the excitement, like the, the official start of your lives together, your commitment to each other. Find ways to be excited about that. Um, you know, and don't let the minutia of like this planning this wedding, which the, like we, we always say, what do you need, Danielle, to get married? A license and someone to marry you and someone to marry. 
That's it. Everything else outfit. is a and a cute outfit <laughs> um, and a sweet bow tie made by Michael. Um, <laughs> no, but like I think the goal really is, you know, the wedding is the luxury. So don't let the minutia of it weigh you down. And I guess I also want to add too, when you're making a decision on how long of an engagement you want to have and when your wedding is going to be, don't let the, how do I want to say this? Don't let the, don't let outside things dictate it. The Um, naysayers? Not necessarily the naysayers, but if you go to a venue and you think it's the most amazing venue, but they only have a date that is not, is not ideal for what you've talked about really step back and think before you're like, no, 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 we can, we can change everything we've talked about and, and (laughs) rework everything and, and do that in order to fit this venue. I mean, if it's the dream venue and that's the priority and that's what you want to do to to make it happen, fine. But I, I think, I don't think you should change who you are to suit the venue because there's lots of venues out, excuse me, there's lots of venues out there. There's lots of there's lots of options out there. And while in that moment, it might feel like the only option, but I can, I can almost bet you that there are tons of other options out there. And if it's meant yep. to be, it'll work out exactly how it's meant to be. That's yep. my belief on it. Um, just don't let that other outside stuff dictate it. Yeah, we, we made uh, appointments to go to several venues, and we were 100% sure that this one venue was going to be the one like the baller one. We were like, this is going to be the one that's it. We're going to go to it. We're going to love it. We're going to move on. And we, we booked them like back to back. So we went to the one um, that we ended up going with and it was like amazing. The experience was wonderful. The lady was wonderful. She walked us through the entire place, talked about like, this is what we do all the time here. This is what we do here. This, we put this here. You can do this. Your guests can go here, there. And then we got to the next place and they were like, Oh, you have 200 people coming to your wedding? Oh, we can't even fit that. And we were like, wait, what? So we got here, and they're like, she's like, but you could still look at it if you want. And then we started thinking like, oh, well, maybe we need to chop the venue down or like the guest list down. Um, uh, And it just ended up being this like, very unfortunate, very un unfun thing that as we're starting off our wedding planning, doing the first thing could have way thrown us off balance and said, oh, this is gonna be ridiculous. You know, there was a little like there was pressure from all over the place just because, you know, it was this other venue that we thought was going to be the one was a little bit cheaper, um, you know, but ultimately we ended up going with this other one and it ended up being the right thing, the right fit for us. Um, and we loved it. But like I said, it, it definitely could have thrown us for a loop um, and got us down if we thought about it being like the first thing we're trying to do. And it's already, you know, a pain in the butt. Right. That's I think that's good, though, that you stepped back and still made a decision that you guys felt good with. Thank you. You know, even though there was some pressure from like outside sources and there's, there's other opinions involved in, you know, planning a wedding. Um, I think you definitely should learn to lean on those people. If you do have a shorter engagement, um, because you are going to need a lot of help. So, um, learn to lean on those people and trust them. And you don't have to put it all on your shoulders. Like I said, especially if you're having a shorter engagement. Right. There's only so much that one person physically can do. So recognizing that and finding your like trustworthy team, whether it's your, your, your partner, your mom, your, your dad, your sister, whoever it is, or whomever, the multiple people that they are, um, 
this is going to be a time where where you're going to like look to them and they are going to like step up and help you and be rock stars hopefully yeah totally so as usual you know check out the put a ring on it podcast.com website for show notes that's also where you can sign up for the newsletter where you can mm-hmm. get that freebie wedding planning checklist that we just talked about special thanks to our incredible amazing oh so awesome season sponsor the naughty taiko um, which offers these amazing custom bow ties custom ties and pocket squares you have to check them out yes and guys we haven't really asked too much this season, but I'm asking you right now, please go to iTunes if you're enjoying this podcast and click the little rate button, whether you want to give us five stars, three stars, one stars. Don't give us one stars, though, because that's that makes me feel bad. But anyway, <laughs> give us your rating. Leave us a review. If if we see um, if we see a review, I will be giving you a shout out. Oh, yeah. on an upcoming episode because you're wonderful. And honestly, it just really helps us to grow and continue bringing you really great episodes. And we want to continue doing that. So if you can like stop right now, unless you're driving, in which case pull over right now <laughs> <laughs> and click that little rate button in iTunes that it just it helps Stan and I a lot and helps yeah. us, like I said, continue to grow. All right. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh Again, really, check us out on Facebook. Also, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you to do it because we're here and we love to respond to people and we love to talk to people and give advice and be helpful. Um, and it's free. Yeah. On that note, Dan, have you seen how many people are sending us Harry Potter themed weddings? Uh-huh. <laughs> we're getting a lot of messages about it. We love it. Keep them coming. We love you guys. You're all awesome. Um, if we can't respond to all of you, we are getting quite a bit of messages lately. Um, but know that we are seeing it and we love you and we think it's amazing so and we're doing our absolute best to get back to everybody but hang in there we will see you in two weeks see you soon bye-bye You know, that is just ridiculous. I would never, ever buy something with Velcro. Why not? Because it is a total ripoff. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs>